You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Welcome on in. White Sox-Yankees wrap up their three-game series today. Sox took the opener at the Field of Dreams in Iowa with Tim Anderson's walk-off. And yesterday, it was Joey Gallo going deep off Liam Hendricks in the 10th, a 7-5 to victory for the Yankees. Today, it'll be Lucas Giolito against Nestor Cortez. Uh, Fred and Xander here in ESPN 1000. Get back to the calls in a second. Yeah, we need Lucas to go deep. Yeah, that would be nice. We don't need the Yankees going deep. They've gone deep enough no. on the last uh, two games against the White Sox. Um, Abreu, an 11-game hit streak. He's 17 for 46 during the streak, hitting 370, on base at 396, and a slug of 826. He's got six homers, eight RBIs, and 11 runs scored during the 11-game streak. Um, yeah, he's he was, the RBI guy. He is. He certainly is the RBI guy for the White Sox. 312-332-3776. Let's get back to the phones. We go to uh, Deerfield and Rich. You're on with Fred and Xander. What's up? Hey, Rich. Good morning, guys. So I'm curious where Kopech was last night when he had his meltdown Thursday night. Did that play into the fact that he wasn't called on yesterday? Is he hurt? Or no, I think that they're just being yesterday? very careful with him. Yeah, Rich, I think they are. I think they're being careful with him. They did throw him in the second inning the other day, and he pitched really well. And I think they're just being very cautious with him and careful with him. I, they've been doing that all year. That's why I was surprised they let Crochet go an extra inning. And I like these. I like seeing that. I think slowly but surely they're letting these guys you're, stay out for a second let inning. A little more. Yeah. But um, then when they do, I think they give them the next day off. Okay. So yeah, and that, that's our answer. I'm not 100 percent sure of right. Tony's answer, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was because I love seeing Kopech out there too. I agree with you. He was fired up yeah. that night. He sure he was, was rich. really fired. And he had appreciate the call. To. Yeah, I mean because that was, that was really bad. Yeah, there were a couple of bad pitches. He got worked up, and it, uh, Brian Hanley was here yesterday with me, and like he said, if that was a regular season game and not the Field of Dreams game, he probably would have got tossed. But probably mm-hmm. the umpire probably didn't want to say, "Listen, this is a special game. Let's right. let's just let it go." So Laz Diaz took one uh, in a bad spot for most guys last night too, uh, late in the game. A ball that bounced off and uh, hit him right where it's not supposed to hit you. Do umpires wear cups? I don't know, but the umpire no, they, the plate should. They they do. That would be a tremendous mistake if they didn't. A lot of uh, players don't. Better safe than sorry. And a lot of players don't. That's yeah, catchers that's should. And, and look, think. they're not comfortable. It's not really convenient. No, but it's it's, yeah, it's for safety's yeah, sake. There's no doubt. We go on to Ohio and Matt. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt. Hello, yes, Matt. Hey guys, how we doing? We're doing Good. well. Good. Hey, I think it's important to note that you know both guys, uh, Craig and uh, Hendricks, are for the first time not knowing if they're the guy, you know, for the ninth inning. And I think that might play into it a little bit. Uh, you know, they might grip that ball a little harder. Uh, they might want to get that out a little bit more just because they know if they make a mistake or two, they might not be the guy in the ninth. And I think that's just going to take time for them both to realize that, you know, whether it's them or the other guy going in the ninth, that if uh, they just go out there and throw their pitches and don't worry about all the other stuff, you know, I think that's going to help the bullpen. I think Tony's going to figure that out. You know, they both they well, both said they both have said the right things, Matt. We appreciate the call. They both said the right things. Well, yeah, Kyle yeah. Hendricks has said, "Give it to me in the first. Give it to me Liam in the Hendricks. ninth. Or I said, Kyle. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Well, why do we have two Hendricks in town? <laughs> yeah, Liam. Obviously, give it to me in the first. Give it to me in the ninth. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just tell me when to go. Right. And I'm ready. And he likes pitching all the time. Um, there is a stat, though, and I saw this. I think Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago posted this. Liam Hendricks has an 11.57 ERA since the Sox acquired Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> so 11.57 since he uh, since Kimbrell's come over. Kimbrell went... Is uh, he, in his head? Yeah, I, maybe. He allowed a run on two hits in one inning yesterday with the judge homer. Hendricks... Three runs, two hits in a third of an inning. Uh, the Joey Gallo bomb, uh, which he gave up yesterday. We go to Romeoville and Leo. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Leo? Hey there. 
Hey guys, good morning. First time callers. Uh, just about the game last night. Irritated cool. with the bullpen, but you know, let's cut over that. We're first place, eleven games up. What I'm calling about mostly is about Yon Mancada. I've been on this guy all year, and it seems like he never shows up. He'll go all for twenty, all for twenty-five. But my God, he's one home run or a double. These Mancada truthers are something else. They will defend this guy to the death. My my point is this: next year. Not many people know who makes more. Uh, next year, Yohan Moncada will make more than Tim Anderson. There is no way in hell that should happen. TA should not make less than Yohan Moncada. Well, I, look, I, I definitely agree. If, if Moncada doesn't straighten it out, don't think for a minute that Han isn't, you know, thinking creatively. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, he Tim, Anderson, Tim Anderson signed a long deal. He signed a five, five or six year, six year deal for twenty five million. Right. I think it was. Right. So he's making a little over four million. But the last two afterward, the team has two option years. Anderson is going to make twelve point five in twenty twenty three, and in twenty twenty four, he's making fourteen million. Okay. Right. Um, I was trying to bring up Yohan Moncada's contracts and what he's bringing up. But you know what? You can't base it all on that because they signed contracts from further down. That's why I, I hate that everybody knows what everybody makes. That's But that's, I get what he's saying, Fred. What he's basically saying is Tim's the leader of the team. Yohan's not showing up. So, op, you know, the optics of it doesn't make much sense. But, sure, there's a lot more behind yeah, you yeah. can't. Uh, the The leader on the team doesn't always make the most money. No, no. And Yon uh, Moncada this year is making six six point eight million. Next year he's making thirteen point eight, then seventeen point eight, twenty four point eight, and twenty five million in twenty twenty five. So he's not a free agent until twenty twenty five because he was able to sign a deal and a longer contract. Okay, so he's going to be here for a while. And he's just got to get better. We don't know why he's struggling. We don't know if it's COVID. He's hitting 250. He's not a 250 hitter. He's a 290 or a 300 right, hitter. Right. He hits. He should be hitting more home runs. He's not hitting more home runs. And he's not a threat at the plate right now. No. And no. when he's at the plate, I I usually if he hits the ball, I'm I'm surprised. I really am, and so, that's that's the way it's supposed uh, okay. to be. Okay. So so if if this year plays out, no matter how it plays out as far as the Sox getting, yeah, you know, to the World Series or whatever. If he's not playing up to potential this year, and then he's the same next year, yeah, you know, what happens then? Are we, are we looking at a different solution? We've seen players that have played well, and then they've just hit some kind of yeah. point in their career where... Things are not getting better; they're getting worse. Yeah, he he had a bad year last year, hitting two twenty five, hitting two fifty right now, and on base of three sixty five, three eighty eight slugging percentage. That's just seems like there's something wrong that's, that's not low. being talked about. He's not he he's not hustling either. Um, he's made some bad plays at, at third base. He makes all the hard plays at third base, but he right. doesn't make the simple plays. I'm not sure what it is. It's very frustrating for a lot of White Sox fans. You can't stop bringing money into it. Uh, Tim Anderson signed a long-term deal to stay here. Right. Six years, $25 million. I'm sure Tim Anderson was happy as hell. Okay? When... I heard a great thing on MLB Network the other day, and they were talking about Tim Anderson. It was Friday morning. And Mark DeRosa on uh, MLB Central, they had the show from 9 to a noon every day, Monday through Friday. And he was talking about how they had Tim Anderson in the studio a couple years ago. And they wanted to ask him about his, his stance and his approach at the plate. He said, no, I'm not ready. I'm still working on my, my approach at the plate. He goes, let's talk about base stealing or something. And they did. And now he's gotten to the point where he'll be more than happy to talk about it. Okay? Um, he's the kind of guy that has worked on his game and improved his game. Anybody that's listened to me over the years knows that I was as critical of Tim Anderson as anybody because when he led the team, the league in hitting in the American League two years ago, he also led them in errors. Mm -hmm. And I think he has six errors right now. He's improved his defensive play. Yep. He's gotten... Um, He's a different player than when he first came up. He had all yep. kinds of upside, but yep. it just wasn't consistent. Yeah, and I, I actually thought he was going to do something yesterday, and he ran the count deep. 
before he hit that fielder's choice to end the game yesterday. Because there was a chance still for the White Sox. Right. And, uh, you know, he had the opportunity. And uh, it was a pressure situation. But he hit the ball. It just didn't get past the third baseman. They flipped the second base, ends the game. But, um, you know, you can't start looking at it money-wise, okay? I'm sure that Eloy and Robert are making more money than Tim Anderson. I'm almost guarantee it that they're making more money than him over the next couple of years. When you sign your deals, you can't look at it. Now, Anderson would love to sign a deal and an extension and make more money than he's and, and he And he may. Chances are that that's going to happen. I just get what the caller was saying. It's just optically like Yohan's not carrying the weight. Oh, Let's he's just, definitely not. Instead of comparing him to Tim Anderson, we could just say right now he's not making that salary. Yeah. Oh, well, no, he's not. And um, there's a lot of guys in baseball that aren't. And um, Yes, you too know, many. 312-332-3776. Callers hang in there. We'll get right back to you. Talking to some White Sox as they wrap up their series with the Yankees today. I see a couple of callers want to talk about the Field of Dreams. We're also going to talk about the uh, topic I brought up because I got a couple of things I've been able to talk First, my wife, now my girlfriend, into uh, going to sporting events. So uh, Carmen brought this up the other day on Friday uh, because people were talking about, you know, going to the Field of Dreams and stuff like that. So we'll get to that in a little bit, too. 312-332-3776. Don't forget, 1230 pregame, 110 first pitch, White Sox baseball, Lucas Giolito against the Yankees here on ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN1000. More cowbell. Um... Good news from uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. Tony LaRusso talking about Carlos Rodon. Says the exam was encouraging of Carlos Rodon. No damage, just tired. The soreness was there, but it wasn't anything that doesn't make us optimistic that at the end of the 10 days, he'll be able to pitch back in the rotation. Just needs some rest. That's good news. Hey, it's been a while since he's been able to pitch for any extended amount of time without a serious injury. Yeah, well, it's forever. That's why uh, this year has been so amazing. I'm glad he's coming back. I've got him at, uh, what do I have him at? 60 to 1? No, not 60 to 1. For the Cy Young? Yeah, for the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's got to have a couple more good outings. Lance Lynn is just a fun pitcher to watch. I love watching him pitch in the Field of Dreams game the other day. And speaking of that, let's go on out to uh, Norwich and Frank. Frank, what's happening today? Hey, uh, hey there. That Field of Dreams thing was great. I was uh, I've been a White Sox fan since the forties, and, and I enjoyed it. It was just it kind of held you in your seat, didn't it? The whole time, the, from the opening introductions all the way they through, they did a great job. Just the whole pomp and circumstance surrounding everything, the lead up to it, it was a very good job. Yeah, right. And it was it was good not to see that thing around the batter's box. So My you God, did- I can't stand that. Well, see, but you better get used to it because they're eventually going to get rid of the umps calling balls and strikes because they're they're just they're every game they make mistakes that can cost the team games and a player his career. I mean, guys get worked up when uh, a call goes against them. All of a sudden, next thing you know, they're in the minors. Next thing you know, they're out of baseball. Um, I just think that automated strikes was necessary. I missed it when, when uh, late in the game, though, when Kopech and uh, Kimbrell got squeezed. Didn't you? No, I made it interesting. Made it interesting. You know uh, what I mean? The umpire had his view, and they had their view, and they went at it. Yeah. Frank, appreciate yeah, the call. Frank's Thanks for hanging in there. Baseball yeah. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Don't give me any of that stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not. You're old school about I, everything else. I like everything it called. Else. I like it called correctly. If you're going to have instant replay, you're going to use this kind of stuff. Get the damn play called correctly. I've been this way for like the last ten years. Oh, but what about a human error? There's no such thing as human error. <laughs> human error for the players, not the officials. Sean, I just love, I know oh all the God. hot buttons. I know where all the buttons are with yeah. this guy, Fred. That's brutal. Just it's absolutely buttons. brutal. I hear, I, I've sat here for years, ever since Cap came to the, to ESPN, he's been talking about human error. It's like, come on. Human error for the players, not the officials. The players are playing the game. The officials are supposed to make the calls. 
And you can't, you should never win or lose a game based on a mistake by Those an umpire. should be superhuman. Yeah, it should be. That's Hire what, only or, superhumans. Or take it out of their hands and put it on the computer. Now, everybody keeps bringing up the one example that was shown of a minor league game that where was the ball funny. was called outside and it was called by the computer. But every single night, you can watch a baseball game, and the umpires are blowing calls every night. Now, can we, can we, when this technology is brought in, like something like that, okay? Worst case scenario, you get some way outside, and the computer's telling you that's a strike. If you give the umps on the field to overrule the computer in extreme cases only, that seems like an acceptable... I think they'll have that possibility or that capability, right. but I... You know, their baseball's waited so long that when this thing comes through, it should never make a mistake unless there's a you know right a a, a large bee flying through they, you like know or a bird hits the strike zone <laughs> you know right. and maybe that way uh, they'll they'll call it but uh, otherwise they just got to get to it because it's it's been terrible. I mean, every single game. There are calls where you just look at it and you just shake your head. I, I, I've I said so, this before. It's been getting worse. Yeah. I don't understand how it's getting worse, but it well, seems to be getting worse. I, Brian yesterday, Brian Hanley, who was with me yesterday, brought up some interesting points. Pitchers are making the ball do so many different things. Mm-hmm. And the call that Kopak was upset about was a pitch that he's a right-handed pitcher. It was on the outside of the plate and actually came back. Came back. Now, if you're the umpire, you see it on the outside and you go, I'm going to call it a ball. He didn't see it come back. The, now the question is: Would the automated strike zone call? Would it come back before well, that? Well, the automated strike zone has to be has to be tweaked so it sees the ball where it is across the, the plate. plate. I know, I know. That's front to back of the plate, right? In the strike zone, as far as it is wide, yeah. And that'll be interesting, but that's the calibration it's going to need. Yeah. He is going to need it. Um, White Sox um, still. Tony Larusa is still talking. Apparently, he said of Liam Hendricks, he's fine. I hope he gets a chance to save today. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Not after his last two outings, but I know that he'll want to go out there against the Yankees, and that's why Steve Stone and Mike Monaco, who's doing a great job uh, filling in he for is, he's Jason Benetti uh, as Jason. And I said this yesterday. Hopefully, he gets he gets better soon. Um, I may not he like is, him. He is getting better, yeah. as, as I understand. He, I mean, he had it pretty bad to where the taste went and, yeah. and everything. And, and, and he was back. vaccinated. Yep. He had been vaccinated. Did. So, yep. you know, and it's um, because of that, I don't think they're ever going to go on the road. Not this year. Not at this no, point. No, no, no. Nah, not this year. Not at this point, which is a shame because I understand. And, you know, I was talking to my brother yesterday. He said it's amazing that these that all these announcers have to do the games you know, um, from like Cubs games, they do them from Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Sox games when they're a road. Hey, they're right all getting better rate. at it. Yeah, they are. And as long I as they have the camera angles they need, they're getting better at. Listen, it. when I when I did the fire games, the home fire home games where I did play by play in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Fire home games were fun. Fire road games were a blast because you got to go on the road. You got to stay at a hotel. You know, you got right. to see different stadiums. You got your stipend for the day, awesome. so you got to eat. You got no stipend then. No? No, this was Major League Soccer. There oh, was no stipend. Okay. Yeah, you got nothing. I spent my own money to oh, eat. Oh, lie to us. They paid Tell for us my you got these big, no, 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 no. posh meals. They paid for my airfare, but I got no stipend. I, they paid for my hotel and my airfare, but yeah, if I wanted to eat, I'm shelling the money out myself. That's There was no stipend. Um, but, yeah, that was part of the thing. And if you're a broadcaster, I've said forever, the best job in base, the best job anywhere, if you're in sports, would be a baseball play-by-play announcer. You get to go to Florida or Arizona in February for spring training. Then you get to follow your team, all the road games, stay in the nicest hotels, transportation to and from the ballparks, you sit upstairs, you eat at the clubhouse, you, whatever you need Play to do. Play golf during the day if it's a night If you game. have to. And uh, you, you do this from February through October. And then, and then you get a nice you big You get vacation. November, December, and January off. And you go to the islands. Blue and stony, right? No, no. no. <laughs> I aspire to greater things. Okay. So, but the greatest job you could possibly get. I got close. Soccer. 
they play in the summer. I'm going to apply today. MLB.com? Yeah. Do they have the openings <laughs> posted there? Yeah, I don't know. Let's go to uh, Broadview. And Brandon, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Fred. Man, you are so right. I'm so sick of these umpires. No one pays to come and see them. I don't turn on my TV to see them. And it was so funny. I've never seen a situation with Kopech where he didn't get through out. The reason he didn't get through out was uh, showing up because the, um, the ump knew he was wrong. <laughs> the ump knew he blew it. And it was, it was amazing because when Kopech got took out of the game, they showed the shot. And the umpire started looking at his scorecard. He didn't look at Kopech. He no, did he it wasn't. on purpose. And it was so brutal. It was so brutal that uh, Savali and uh, Moncada, normally when an a, a umpire makes a bad call on the strike, they, they walk out of the better box and take like two or three feet. They walked halfway to the dugout, both of them, and turned back around and then came back to the at-bat. And he said nothing because he knew he blew it. And I love Steve Stone, but Stoney did it last week. Stoney made the excuse of both teams need to start swinging at the outside pitch because that's what the ump is yeah, doing. I heard no, him the said, ump needs to call a strike. Yeah. Call a strike, a strike. Stop making up something that's not a strike. And MLB needs to bring these certain umpires in who gives up a corner that's not a strike and sit them down and tell them, stop calling that call and changing the game and changing people at bat. Because it's a difference between strike one and strike two. And when they give up that strike two, Nine times out of ten, that White Sox hit a strike out on that next pitch. And it's just ridiculous. And I hate animated refs, the ones who are all loud. And yeah. That means you're showing up the player. You don't want to be show up, but you showed me up on strike three because you want to go, hey, strike. Thanks, guys. I love you. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate the call, Brandon. Right. Yeah, and, he, had, they, he had all his thoughts put together nicely. You know what's worse? What's, what's worse than a ball outside that is called a, a ball? You know, like the one for Kopech. Mm-hmm. There's been times for Lance Lynn where he'll throw a pitch that'll be three inches inside the strike zone and like over the middle of the plate. Right. Call the ball. And it's happened to him a couple times this year. And it's like, those are the frustrating ones where it's right there. It's down the middle of the plate. I did hear, I heard what the caller was mentioning too. Stone said the hitters are going to have to start swinging at the outside. It no, it's a ball. Here, I'm not here, swinging at thing. a ball. Here's the thing though. If, uh, this is where I'll disagree. If a, an ump is consistently calling something right or wrong, if they're consistently calling something, well, it would be wrong, something that you do have to adjust if they're consistently not doing it. Yes, the umps have to be better. Yeah. But in absence of that, for your team to win, you've got to make the adjustment. You know what drives me nuts is, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Jesse sat in with me one time and we talked about the umps getting graded. This year has been so bad. You've got players that are throwing different types of pitches. Do they have these things to where they They're are? Great. They grade them on a daily they basis. Grade them, yeah. and are these are these umps suffering for bad grades? Are they getting some kind of not a demotion? But there's, you know, Jesse and I talked about how about the best umps are only the home plate umps, and they get paid a little more, and the field umps get paid another level. Yeah. Why not? In, in, in some, well, you don't want to treat them different. Players are treated different. You know sure who's making more money on the, on the team you're playing on. Yeah. If you're Jake Lamb, you know you're not making Tim Anderson money. You're just happy to be there. Right. Yeah. So I don't how know about the best umps being behind the plate? They should do something. Yeah. It seems to me that's an automated strike zone is the easiest way. 312-332-3776. Let's grab one more call before we take a break. Let's go to uh, Naperville. Rufus, what's happening today? Hey, Rufus. Uh, not much. Hey, Fred. Xander. Hey, Xander, I looked at that contraption called the computer and found out you went to Richards. I did. Richards High School, Class 84. No, I, I was Class 84, too, out in Naperville. But uh, sorry about that. But I just wanted to say, too, about Mancada. Um even I look at this guy, I was so upset when they traded Madrigal. I would have rather put Berger at third, get rid of Mancata. And I think part of it, he's got, he got married in the offseason, and that always causes some problems. Well, I don't It's know. like a Yoko Ono. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it causes problems. I do know that, um, um, you know, the, sometimes it calms guys down. 
because now they have something instead of they're always out looking. They're always working. Yeah. 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 I think Madrigal is going to be a good player for him. I really do. He's going to be great for the Cubs, Rufus. Appreciate the call. I can't wait. My brother said he he hated it because my brother is a Sox fan, hates the Cubs, and he loves Madrigal. And he said, "I I can't believe I got to I got to watch." Madrigal oh, wow. yeah, he's going to have to do that. Uh-huh. Hey, there. Look, look, Madrigal. It's early in his career. He's a great hitter. Nicky two strikes. He'll be known as that on the north side. But there are some things about his game, and I look forward to seeing if he can grow into them and, yeah. uh, you know, be even better than he was for the Sox. I'm sure he will. Uh, we're here until 1230. Jump in. 312-332-3776. couple of callers when we come back. I'll tell you how I was able to convince uh, a couple of uh, ladies to go to sporting events that I wanted to I didn't know to you were to. a salesman. Yes, well, I was actually for a little while too, which was an, another story. I got out of there when I could. Uh, 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. All right, so Fred, you have convinced a couple people in your lifetime yep. to go to a sporting event that they would not have been okay with going to on their own? Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Yep. Tell me how that went. Callers, hand there. We'll get right to you. Um, back in the day, this has to be like 20 years ago. Okay. My wife and I went for a nice uh, couple days to Galena. Mm-hmm. And we're in Galena, beautiful downtown Galena. And uh, we stayed at a place called the Irish something. I can't remember what it's called. But they had a Irish breakfast and had a few Guinness and stuff like that. And then there was a boat in Dubuque. We went there for a casino and yeah, stuff sure, like that. Yeah, sure. I've been to that. Yeah, yep. Diamond Joe, I think it was called the Diamond yep. Joe Casino. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what? Those were back when they were brand new. It was yeah. Like, Ooh. Uh-huh. And before the boats were right. in Joliet. Yeah. We had to go all the way down to the Quad Cities right. if we wanted to do that. Yeah. yeah. I said, you know what? I said, we should take a ride. She goes, where? I go, I'll just come with me. And I convinced her to come with me, and we went to the Field of Dreams in Dyersville. But you, not never, far. But, you, but you never told her. You just said, come with me. Yeah. And I Surprise. convinced her to come with okay. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so we went to the Field of Dreams, and I told this story, I think, last week. Did you have a catch? Uh, well, I flipped the ball underhand to her, and she caught it. She threw the ball to me, and I chased it because she could never throw the ball to me directly once. I said, "Can you just throw it to me once?" Because We're standing that's by third catch. base. That's yeah. having a catch. Yeah. If if it's it, not if it's not an easy yeah. exchange, then it never right. happened. Yeah. It was so I never had a catch. <laughs> I was just and I couldn't find my picture. I have a picture of me walking into the cornstalks in left field there, and but I'm walking in and I turn around and it looks like I'm peeing on the corn <laughs> because you can't see my hands. All you can see is me turning around. Hands up, yeah. So it looks like I'm... So that was one. And the other that's one is... A, that's a perfect shot for that album cover. I know. You put it your tremendous. first record. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other <laughs> one is, and I'm doing it again tonight. Um, I have a girlfriend now. People know my, my wife passed away a couple of years ago. And I have a girlfriend now, Linda. And um, I've convinced her several times this year to go to Chicago Fire soccer games. And it's happening me. again tonight? Tonight, yeah. They play at 5 o'clock against Columbus. At Soldier Field. And I'm convincing her again to come to the game with me. It, maybe she's just tremendously bored. She asked me, she said, don't you have a friend that likes soccer? And I said, no. <laughs> I told my brother I was going, and he said, what happens after the first three minutes when she falls asleep? I said, she won't fall asleep. I said, I'll get her a, just, uh, something to drink and a pretzel. All you do is you or, just keep nudging yeah, her every yeah. minute. And so I've convinced a couple of times. Because this came up, I was wondering about it. So if you have, if you've been able to convince... Uh, your spouse, significant other, to go to a sporting event. Carmen was talking the other day. He's on vacation in New York, and he convinces his wife to go to a hockey game where the Hawks were not playing. No, he just wanted to see the Rangers he play. Went, yeah, he, he wanted, wanted to, to go to MSG. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, he said he's done that a couple times. And I was just wondering if anybody else has had the opportunity to do that. We'll take your calls. 312-332-3776. My wife was not a big base sports fan. Linda likes football. But right. soccer, she's, you know, putting My up with wife it. is a sports fan, so I cannot say that I've had to coerce her. Yeah, or convince her. No, no, not. I can't. I can't think of one. i got to keep thinking. Yeah. 
I've asked even for... concerts, like yeah. something a little different. Yeah, maybe maybe I had to talk her into going to see Tower of Power with me. Okay, but she loved it. I love the horns. Yeah, Tower of Power. Love that, I love that. I love that band. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We go to Mundelein and David. You're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, David. Hey. Hello. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. What's up? Um. So I'm on the way to the Sox game, and I've lo- I've watched the last two games, and um, Hendricks has blown the last two games. And we do have Kimbrell, who's kind of our setup man, but he was the Cubs' closer. I was wondering, um, do you guys think that Kimbrell should, you know, play uh, closer for a few games, and then uh, Liam is the setup man? Well, Jeff Passan actually talked about how it should be a situational thing. Yeah. And I agree with okay. that. You know, based on you know who's up, who's who's uh, you, you know whose set of pitches are going to work well with the matchup, instead of a a hard closer and a hard set of person. Yeah, they should be interchangeable. Yeah, they should be. David, thanks for the call. Um, I, I I don't think so. I think it should be game. I mean, I I don't think that they should make Kimbrel yeah. the closer right now. Because um, you're just forcing the issue. Yeah, Kim- they have a they have a. Uh, the benefit of a situation that not many, if any other teams really have, are yeah. two really strong closers. Right. I mean, Kimbrell is a Hall of Fame closer with some of his numbers and things like that. Yep. Um, not so much for Hendricks. Okay. Hendricks is a guy that was waived, was it, was it Sean, six times? Yeah. He's been around the league. Okay. He, he found his way with yep. the A's with the as A's. a closer. Yep, there's That's no why doubt. They picked him up. There's no doubt. They put picked him up, signed him to a four year deal. And I like everything he's done except the last two nights. But he's given up seven home runs. That's more than he's ever given up. He's also got seven wins. People don't realize, they probably don't realize it, but he got the win for the game the other day at the Field of Dreams game. He did. He gave up two two run homers. And he still got the and win. he got the victory. Thank you, TA. His seventh win of the season. He's never had seven wins in a year. Right. That's uh, you don't want to have seven victories if you're a closer. No, that's weird. Yeah, because that means you blew a save and then your team came back and got you a win. And well, and a win is a win is a win, but right. it's still weird. Right, and it's very weird. So I know that there's been numerous people on Twitter throughout the course of the show today, and they're talking about how they should definitely uh, go to Kimbrell, and Kimbrell's more of a closer, and that uh, Hendricks has pitched in other situations and things like that. I understand where they're all coming from, but I still think that it makes a little more sense for um, them to go based on based on who they're refacing. Yeah. Based on the matchups. Match-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here, Eric. Eric's a big, Eric Gust is a big uh, Twitter guy. He said, this is 2021. Kimbrell has been the better closer this season. It's crazy to me that he instantly wasn't given the ninth um, inning by his manager. Hendricks has pitched in other roles before closing. That's true. And the answer that Tony La Russa gave, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that a lot of people say, that if a guy's a closer and you bring him in in a non-closing situation, he doesn't pitch well. I mean, here's what LaRusso said earlier today. It's the same thing a lot of people have but said in years past. But it doesn't make sense. You know what I saw with Kimberly and with Liam? Those are not safe situations, right? And 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 not that they can't get the outs. you got to give credit to the guys that got the hits. That's not their classic. You know, whether it's the eighth inning with a lead or the ninth inning with a lead, I'm not making excuses for it. It's just it's the truth. And they both uh, could have gotten the outs and, and the, the guys put swings on them, but those are not safe situations, and I hope the next time that you see him take them out and we have a lead. It's weird to hear a manager say that because I would expect fans to say that. Right. I wouldn't expect necessarily the manager to say that. Because it's almost like uh, opening, you know, breaking down that fourth wall. Yeah. I don't want that wall to be broken down. I don't want to hear that. Uh-huh. For me to to tell Liam or uh, Kim, Kimbrell is like, get the out. Yeah. Don't worry about the save or the win or the anything. You mow them down. I was one of the only guys on this radio station, right or wrong. I was one of the only guys in the station last year that when it got to the playoff, it got to the Cleveland game, and then it got to putting Rodon in against Oakland. Everyone said, "Well, he's not a he's not a reliever. It was tough putting him in a situation." No, he's a pitcher. And a pitcher is supposed to be able to throw the ball. And we talked about that then. And I get that he's a pitcher. I was more concerned that he didn't have a lot of innings 
behind him. He was just coming off of an right. injury. Yeah. He shouldn't have been pitched that day no matter what. However, if he was healthy, yeah. and he, but he wasn't a closer, that's when I agree with you. They brought in Mark, had other situations. Mark Burley came into to relief in the World Series. Right. Okay. And, and he, John and Lester. He, and he had yeah. a couple beers in his system. Yeah, exactly. We know now. John Lester came out of the bullpen. Sure. In you know, you're a pitcher. World, you're a pitcher. You're a pitcher. You come in, you throw the ball, you get a guy's out. That's yep. what you're supposed to do. I mean, how pampered and specific do you have to be with this? And I understand that these aren't closing situations, but they've got to go on out there and do their job. And the last couple of times out, Kimbrell and Hendricks have not. Three one two three three two three seven seven six here on ESPN one thousand. You're listening to Fred and Xander. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We're here till 1230, then it's uh, White Sox pregame as they wrap up the three-game set with the Yankees. And again, I don't know that I want to face the Yankees, so maybe they don't make the playoffs. Because when if they get these guys back healthy... We're, we're talking the Yankees now make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, no, the Yankees. Right. Sox are making the playoffs, they got a huge lead still. Um, but the Yankees, uh, they're badly... Let's they're root for to... Boston here. I always root for Boston over New York. I usually do if I root for either one. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a big Chris Sale fan after he cut the uniforms up. Right. So yeah, he pitched. He pitched yesterday, and they beat the heck out of the Orioles. Um, oh, low hanging fruit. Yeah. Again, um, but you look at it, and when they get Glaber Torres and Urshela and Sanchez and Rizzo, all these guys back. That Torres kid. Ugh. Yeah, they're 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 doing all this stuff without these guys. They've had 59 guys. In uniform this year for the Yankees. 59. They showed all the guys that were on the injured list. I I saw that. And for injured COVID, I counted them up. There were uh, 24. Let's see. Now, I thought we had it bad on the south side. Yeah. We did have it bad because we had key players that were laid up. Well, they but do, But as too. far as numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. They but but they've, too, they've yeah. got crazy numbers. Oh, and I forgot Garrett Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett, and I forgot Aroldis Chapman. So And Kluber. <laughs> Yeah, they got all these guys. They're yeah. all done. And um or down, I should say. So I would prefer they don't make the <laughs> playoffs. Yeah. Let's go to Antioch and Ted. You're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, hey Ted. Ted. Hey guys, uh I wanted to talk about the automated strike zone. Yeah. So I've been an advocate for automated strike zone for a long time and to the point where people say, Oh no, here we go again. But it shouldn't depend on whether or not the umpire stands in a different position or if your catcher cheats better than the other catcher. Uh, a strike is a strike, and it should be a static position. And yep. they have the technology. They, the Astros had the technology to tell players when pitches were coming. Why don't they use technology to tell the umpire whether it's a ball or a strike? And they can still call it from behind the plate, but use the technology to do it. Hey, Ted, I'm watching the Sox game yesterday, and on NBC Sports Chicago, Steve Stone is telling us the number of revolutions per second on Dylan Cease's mm-hmm. cha- or, uh, slider. 3,500? Yeah, well, 3,200 or something. Well, come on. If they can do that, you're going to tell me they can't call balls and strikes? Well, not only that, look at the effect it had on the 2016 World Series. Uh, Struck the batter out. That pitch wasn't even close to being a ball, and it ends up being a ball, and they take him out of the game, and then the Indians end up scoring a couple of runs after that, which would have never even happened if there was an automated strike zone. The guy would have struck out. See, and that's the biggest thing, Ted. I appreciate the call. That's the biggest thing one to me. One bad call is could one, change yes. a career, an yes. out, out, everything. outcome, everything. Yeah, and and see, I've always thought Ronaldo Lopez is coming. And he's pitching actually pretty well for the White Sox out of the bullpen. He's been doing Surprised it. Surprised we didn't see him yesterday. He's pitched. We haven't, he pitched in the Field of Dreams game, didn't he? Yeah, yes, he yeah. did. And we're being easy on him, too. Yeah, but but he's a guy that they brought here to be an innings guy, a guy that can give you a couple innings here and there. Mm-hmm. But he's the kind of guy where if he get if he doesn't get a call, it's a it's it a, affects him. It really affects. Well, it him. has it's, been up until this year. I'm not sure. You know, maybe he's moved past that. But yes, it it that sometimes will yeah will kind of get in somebody's head. Yeah, and that's the mental toughness that you have to have for this game. Yeah. 
There's no doubt. So it'll be Lucas Giolito today going against Nestor Cortez. Uh, White Sox lineup, Tim Anderson leading off with Cesar Hernandez. Uh, Abreu looking to extend his hitting streak. It's at 11 right now. Eloy hitting fourth. Moncada looking to do something. Moncada's your DH. Then it's Luis Robert. Uh, Danny Mendick, who just got called up as Lurie Garcia's on the seven-day concussion uh, list. And Sebi Zavala is the catcher today for Lucas Giolito. And it would be great to have Giolito throw a good game today. Yep. I would love to see that. Eight innings. Yeah. Go on out there. Give him a nice eight innings and uh, see what happens. I have not... It's going to be a beautiful day. Yeah, it it. should be an awesome day. And um, I am one of those guys that likes going to the ball game. It's packed. When it's not crowded. (laughs) Right. And I was watching the game last night with my brother over at my sister's house. We were sitting around watching. And um, my brother goes, man, look look at the crowd. I said, yep. I said, I don't want to be there. I know everybody likes being. I don't like being in full houses. Too many people. Too many. uh, Just, yeah, no. Really? I don't want someone telling me to stand up. I don't want someone telling me that I got to do something. I don't. I want to just enjoy, relax, kick back, enjoy the game. I kind of liked earlier this oh, year you when mean it was twenty five percent. I was trying to figure out why you said people telling me to stand up. You mean when they're walking by you in the aisle? When when they're or they're you know something. There's a big play coming up, and they go, "Come on, stand up." Shut up! I'll <laughs> sit up if I want to. I paid for the seat. I'm going to sit down. Just Stay say out no. Of my way. Oh, I do, but no. Yeah, leave me alone. But, Just by that, they'll be like, "Are you Freddie Hubner?" Yeah, they know right away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's go to Chicago Heights and Jim. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, hey Jim. Jim. Good morning. What's up? Back in '72, I believe, Bill Pappas had a perfect game going until the umpire called it on a three and two count, called it a ball. Well, automatic strike zone. That will end the argument. Yep. Oh, you're right. There's no doubt, and it's amazing to me that it hasn't happened sooner, and it's funny because I think a lot of the umpires are actually for it. They're saying, okay. What is what is the holdup then? What's the catch? The Major League Baseball, Jim, has actually said they don't act, they don't really have the, the best technology to get it correct all the time, and I, I can't believe that. Like I said, that's why I use the example Did of spin rates on... we not land on the on, moon in 1969? Yeah, but we can't call balls and strikes. <laughs> Jim, appreciate the call. You're Thanks, right. Jim. It's 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 hampered. That's why replay has come in. I mean, there's been other calls where the the calls were made incorrectly and there was no replay. That's why instant replay came in in all sports. But you okay? cannot you you cannot uh, dispute balls and strikes. No, right now, right now, you can't. Right. Yeah. Right. So eventually, and someone eventually, someone's going to have to come up with the a definition of what's a swing and what's not a swing. Great point. Benetti yeah. talks about it all the time, and he's right. Because, and he's exactly right because they've not done it. They've not done a good job. My thing always has been if the bat crosses the plate, it's a strike. The whole plate? If the bat crosses the whole plate, now, it's a strike. Okay, if you check up in the middle of the plate, it's not. No. If your bat doesn't cross the plate all the way. You see, I always thought if you... if. It's something with your wrist. Breaking the wrist. Yeah, the breaking the wrist. You can still hit the ball. You can break the wrist after. That's when you break your wrists. You know, so if the bat crosses the plate, you know what amazes me when they appeal down the line and they're so quick on the call. I know because I try to watch it and I can't. It happens so quick; it's really hard to make that call. But if you're saying it is, it is a factor of the plate. Yeah. That's that makes, what. That's yeah. the rule. What the, in my, my opinion, what the rules should be. Callers, hang in there. We'll get right back to you. We're here till twelve thirty on ESPN One Thousand. Back in two minutes. Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN One Thousand. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN One Thousand. We have not talked much about the Cubs today. And I think Cub fans are happy about that. So, um, like what positive? Well, they have lost 10 in a row. The Marlins beat okay, them 5-4 yesterday. Positive. The Cubs were 52-67. and 67. They are 10-33 and 33 since the uh, combined no-hitter against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, Alcantara with three errors yesterday. Zach Davies give up three unearned runs over six innings. Uh, Cubs lose. Frank Schwindel, he's a 28, 29-year-old guy that he got in one of the trades. His slash line right now, 381, 422, 714. He's got three homers and 12 RBIs in 13 games since the Cubs have you know, brought him up. So, I mean, that's interesting to watch, I guess. But... Uh, Chris, like we talked about last week, there are a few things to be excited yeah, about yeah. and hopeful about. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're rebuilding. I don't care what anybody wants rebuilding to call it or not Rebuilding is not pretty. No, no. And it's it, it was not pretty the first time they did it. Yeah, I know Cub fans are upset because you're doing it second time in 10 years. But what happened is they didn't work deals. We talked a little bit about Tim Anderson's deal and Yohan Moncada's deal. And the Sox have... Uh, Eloy Jimenez and um, Luis, Luis Robert. Robert on long-term deals. Well, that's what General Manager Rick Hahn did. And if he wants to move guys like that, he can do that because they are then, you know, he's got them to long-term deals. Yes. He could not get long-term deals with Baez, Rizzo, and um, Bryant. So they are all gone. They had to trade him away because right. their deals all expired this year. Now, Chris Bryant is doing a good job right now with San Francisco. The Giants are the top team in the National League right now. And KB was on KNBR out in San Francisco. They, uh, they are the sports station mm-hmm. in the San Francisco Bay Area. And the guys, Tolbert, Kruger, and Brooks, they asked them why... Uh, well, here, you'll hear the question here. Chris Bryant on KNBR in San Francisco just uh, two days ago. Why not uh, re-up with the Cubs? Was it the the manipulation of the uh, of the uh, service time deal with Jed Hoyer? Was it, why, did you want to be traded from there? No, I mean, I, you know, I saw the writing on the wall the last couple of years, so that was always the, the story that was out there, but... Um, I mean, I, it just goes back. You asked why there's no. I didn't re up or anything. It's just you know we didn't really have those talks. I I, I said um, in an interview, I think a couple of days ago. I mean, we talked after 2016, and that's about it. There was no serious conversations after that. So, um, you know, you can't really do much about that. So I was doing all I can to help the team win, and you know, I was proud of that and I was proud of you know my career there and um, I had some really good memories there but you know hopefully I can do a lot of the same things I did there here and I'm really excited about that. That was Chris Bryant and KNBR well, you, the other that's day. That's a bad breakup isn't it? Yeah kind of. Because He's, they're both saying different things. Well he says that they didn't come to him you know after 2016 they came to him and they didn't come to him after that. It's 2021 but last this is, this is what I'm. This is yeah. not what we're hearing from the other side. Well they said that they've they had talked. So here's what he's doing right now. Um, with the Giants, he's played 13 games. He's 15 for 51, hitting 294, which is good. That's like 30 points higher than he was hitting with the Cubs. His on-base is about the same, 357. He was 358 with the Cubs. His slugging actually was better with the Cubs. He was hitting. His slug was 503. Uh, he's, uh, his slugging is 451 right now. Uh, out of the 15 for 51, he has one homer and four RBIs. But he's playing uh, different positions. He's doing a lot of good things for the Giants, and they're on top of the uh, National League West. That's exactly why they got him. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, all the Cubs individually, Baez was okay until he got hurt. Rizzo was okay. he was doing very well. He had RBIs in his first six games with the Yankees. Now he's out with COVID, missed the Field of Dreams game and uh, the weekend series here against the White right, Sox. Right. And do and, we know how he's doing? Has there been any reports of the I've severity? Not heard. Yeah, of what he's dealing with. I've not heard anything from okay. him, um, but individually, they all went. They all went to contending teams and left the Cubs, mm-hmm. and that's actually a good thing for them, for the Cubs and for Cub fans. Not so much. So they have to hope that some of these young players that they got back for these guys are going to be able to help this but team. When they were here, not, not enough was happening. No. no. Together, they weren't winning. They weren't going to win, and they weren't going to stay, and Jed Hoyer had no choice but to do what he did. I think they all needed a new address. Yeah, and they all got him. They moved all around. San Francisco for Bryant, New York for both Rizzo and uh, Bryant, or Rizzo and Baez. And um, it's it's weird that two of the three are out, and Bryant's the only one still playing right now. Yeah. So, And I think he's played numerous positions for them, too. 
Um, I think he's played left and third base. I you know, want to double check. Well, that uh, Longoria is there, right? I have is no that third baseman? Um, so. Let's see here. Eva? I mean, Evan? Yeah, he's played uh, right field, left field, third base, and, uh, and center field. He's played all three outfield positions so far for the uh, Giants. So they're using him, uh, you know, as it, and that's one of the keys. He can be used everywhere. He's gotten hits in all the seasons. Well, that's why he was so attractive uh, to at the trade deadline. He's gotten hits in 10 of his 13 games. So not bad. So That's the Chris Bryant yeah, that, that everybody expected right. to have on the Cubs. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, he wasn't doing that. He did, he did have his peaks earlier this year. And uh, not so much of late. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. White Sox fans, uh, how are how's Lucas Giolito going to do today against the Yankees? They've got uh, the crowd is expected. It's a huge. It's going to be a huge crowd. It's Family Day, I would think, mm-hmm. on Sundays, and uh, they're going to get a huge crowd. Probably the biggest crowd, I would think, of the weekend. Last night was pretty darn big. It was thirty thirty eight four seventy seven. They called it a sellout. I guess a sellout here says forty six fifteen, but um, I think they said it was the eighth sellout of the year. I'm not sure how exactly that works when it's not capacity, <laughs> right? But, yeah, I know earlier this year when they had less people that they were able to sell out and. For yes. a certain number, they were able to do that. Yesterday in the Sox game, when they lose 7-5, to five, I just saw this. They left 12 men on base. Uh, with runners in scoring position, the White Sox were 1-12 for 12 yesterday. Sean, that's not good, right? 1-12? for 12? Not good at all. No. Jeez. If, if, if just half of them would have come home, we would have won the game It would have been a rout if, yeah. if three of them came home. Um, yeah, that's not good. With runners in scoring position, I didn't realize that Frank Medicino was so short. You didn't? No, I didn't. Really? I never looked into it. I saw his picture, but when he went out for the Field of Dreams game the other day, I go, "My God, he's the hitting coach. <laughs> he's got a small strike zone to talk about." Yeah, but runners in scoring position has been an issue. You go back to the first road trip to begin the season. Yeah, they did the same thing against the Angels and the Mariners. Yeah, man, they, they get guys on, they just can't get them around. So, yesterday, like I said, Robert and Jimenez, both with two RBIs and Abreu the homer. Those were the five runs right there. No, Anderson was one for six. Hernandez, one for four. But I like what he's been doing since he's gotten here. Moncada got a hit. He was one for five. Goodwin, 0 for four. Lamb, 0 for two. Uh, Collins, one for four. Oh, I thought he got it, though. Didn't they say the other night that since the return, I think since July 30th, 54% of the runs for the White Sox are via the home run. Yeah. 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 And that's a dangerous tr- trend because I believe it was at about 33, 32, 33% before that. It was. Right. It jumped up so really. Yeah. It seems like the offense is becoming heavily dependent on the home run. Which is funny because for the longest time, we were a little concerned. The that ground ball rate was number one in the league, the right. highest in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we got a little concerned about that. Um, but right now, you know, they're 19 games over 500, and people are still saying, you know, you know, wh- you know, what's wrong? You know, they can't. I'm, I've mentioned this a couple times. Even when you have a record like this, and you expect that you're going to the playoffs, you got a huge lead in the division. Every game you lose is aggravating. Well, it is because yeah. you expect so much more. Yeah, we can't ever be satisfied, Fred. No. No, there's no well, there's no reason to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's really no reason to be satisfied. Your your team is supposed to go on out there and win all the time. Your satisfaction ex- is fleeting. Yes, and um, you know you you'd like to see the team uh, excel. They haven't been doing that. Um, and pe- people say, well, what do you mean they haven't been doing that? What's the record? Let's see. They were were they ten and ten going into the Yankee series. I think they they I know they had lost five out of seven to the Royals, um, so they their record wasn't tremendous. No, so they haven't done they haven't you know they're they've got the nice lead because their division's bad, right. okay, uh, but they still have been winning games, but they haven't been able to. Hey, from the very beginning, we've talked about the uh, the fact how crucial it is to beat the good teams, the Yankees, the Astros, the Blue Jays. 
These are the true tests. Listen, the the, the schedule they have coming forward is The just, A's are not going to be easy. No. You got a four game set with the A's that's going to be really difficult. And you've got a couple pitchers that were White Sox property that are going, I would think, in a four game series are going to be facing the White Sox. Frankie Montas and also Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett, last I checked, leads the American League in wins. Um I know Kyle Hendricks led the National League in wins. But, uh, yeah, uh, Chris Bassett led the American coming. League. Did what? we? Chris Bassett. Yeah. Or, he he got a chance with the White Sox, but maybe not as not much of a, of a chance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people will say he had more than enough chance. But um, And Frankie Montas was the same way. He was a guy. Sometimes I think the White Sox in the past have rushed guys up a little bit too quick. Mm-hmm. I think they've done that with some of their draft picks in the years. Some people will think they did it with Rodon. A lot of people think, thought they did it with Gordon Beckham when he was here. Mm-hmm. They rushed him up. Yep. Uh, when they brought Chris Sale, they brought him in. There was a reliever for one year. Then he was a starter. And um, so I think they rushed some people. And then, you know, Luis Robert came up and Eloy came up relatively quickly. Even It's funny, during their rehabs, they played like one or two games at Winston-Salem and then it came immediately up to AAA. And showed you how quickly they wanted to get them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And Luis Roberts seems like he's ready, which is great. Uh, Eloy has just been ripping the ball. I think he has how many hits did he have yesterday? He had uh, two? two hits. So I think he's I think he's got seven two hit games in his eight outings or his last eight outings. He's got two hits. So you can't ask for more than him from him. Right. And he's actually not. Is he scaring you as much, Sean, in the outfield? No, no, no not he's, he's not. He's not uh, to me other. And Stone had mentioned that he he dropped some weight. He's getting around, you know, a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. You know, before he had that hamstring issue that set him back a little bit. He was really going for it. Yeah, and I think he's being a little smarter now. But I haven't been every time it's hit out to him. <laughs> I am looking with a critical eye. Yeah, but I can't say I'm like, oh my god. He's going to go headlong into the wall, and that's it. Yeah. You know who I really, really like? And he doesn't hustle all the time to first base. And I'm not talking about Moncada here. I'm talking about Jose Abreu. He doesn't hustle all the time to first base. But when he hits a gapper, he's going to second every time. And when he got to second base yesterday, I was shocked in one of his doubles because I was shocked he was able to get there because that was the ball. There was one ball that he hit. I think it was him where Brett Gardner overran it and caught it with his and, uh, caught it with his hand. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I love the way he when he hits the ball, he he's going for second almost all the right. time, and I right. love watching that. Right. He hustles his tail off. He's he passed Harold Baines on the all time home run yes, list for the White yeah. Sox. Yeah. yeah, so they're all talking to him about that. But he's trying to extend his hitting streak to twelve. He's got an eleven game streak right now. Seventeen for forty six, six homers, eight RBIs, and eleven runs. Scored during the streak, and he'll be at first base for the White Sox when they take on the Yankees. A uh, 110 first pitch. Uh, we come back, we'll wrap up some of the polls. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about what we saw from Justin Fields. We're out of here at 1230. Then it'll be Connor McKnight with the uh, pregame show for Sox and Yankees right here in your home for White Sox baseball, ESPN 1000. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So we talked about a lot today with uh, Justin Fields making his debut for the Bears yesterday. 14 for 20, 142 yards, touchdown to Jesse James and a 106.7 quarterback passer rating. And all whites, all White Sox, all Bears fans are excited. They've got to be. I'm, I'm sure the White Sox fans are too. Well, yeah, for the Bears. I yeah. think. All White Sox fans are excited for the Bears. Every The whole town comes together for the Bears, except for those Packer fans that, you know, that, that, that we live, allow live among us. Yeah, that, that live amongst us, like, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I got a lot of I friends that are Packer it. fans. You've got some too. Yes, uh, that are Packer fans. So uh, I'm sure that tomorrow we're going to get a breakdown from Cap and Jay Hood. Cap compared how good um, how good he feels about Justin Fields to something that 
it's better than some other thing that he feels. So he'll talk more about that, I'm sure, tomorrow. If you follow Cap on Twitter, you may have read it already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay Hood will break it down for you. Then Carmen and Yurko tomorrow. He Wild should see a Sylvie. doctor about that. Yeah, I think he should because maybe he's <laughs> doing something wrong. I don't know. I mean, that could always be. Um, we gave you the White Sox lineup. The Yankee lineup, DJ LeMayhew, Brett Gardner. Ah, crap. Aaron Judge. He's still he's playing. They didn't today. rest him today. Nah, they're not resting him. Joey Gallo's hitting fourth. Giancarlo Stanton fifth. Luke Voigt is sixth. Then Rugnet Odor, who 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 didn't get one call for him all night long. He every night, um, every call was a tough one for him. Kyle Higashioka, the catcher, and Tyler Wade is at shortstop for them. And think about it, Tyler Wade's at short instead of um, you know the you don't have. Um, Gleyber Torres, their catcher is Higashioka instead of Sanchez. Um, their third baseman is Rugnan Odor instead of Urshela. Their first baseman, Luke Voigt, instead of Rizzo. Uh, and Luke Voigt, you know, is there anyway. Um, they got Brett Gardner in center fielder. He's not supposed to be their center fielder all year long. So they've got a lot of injuries, and they're still able to hang with where they are right now. And um, it's been tough. So we'll see how it goes Go today. Red Sox. Yeah, Nestor and Cortez is going for um, the Yankees. And I, I mentioned the four-game series with the A's. You you mentioned it. it's not mm-hmm. going to be easy. Nope. The A's are a very, very good team. And uh, here's, the, here's the pitching rotation. Uh, Monday, Frankie Montas, former White Sox pitcher. He's 9-8 and eight with a 398 ERA. He goes against Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel needs to step his game up. Tuesday, Chris Bassett, 12-3 and three with a 306 earned run average against Ronaldo Lopez. Lopez is getting the start on Tuesday because uh, Rodon's still down. Okay, Wednesday is going to be Cole Irvin, 8-11, against Lance Lynn. And Thursday afternoon, uh, James Caprillion for uh, the A's. He's a former Yankee. Um, he's going against Dylan Cease. So it's a four-game series, a tough one, and it's just a start because the White Sox are playing after Oakland, they go to Tampa for three, and then Toronto for four. That Toronto team really scares me. Yeah, before coming home to play the Cubs. Right. Anything can happen in the Crosstown Series. You never know. The Trust Crosstown Series. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough stretch of games for the White Sox. The three with the Yankees, four with Oakland, three with Tampa, four at Toronto. So let's see what the White Sox do. Everybody wants to know how they're going to do against the good teams. They get Here's their chance test. right now. Yeah. Yep, they get, get their chance. The playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a look what our poll questions were and how the results were for them. Yeah, the Rock Poll, you know, it's all about Chicago. So we mentioned uh, we only have four slots. Everybody's chiming with their favorite Chicago bands. But of the four Chicago bands that we put up on uh, the Twitter poll for the uh, Rock Poll, Chicago, Sticks. Survivor, Smashing Pumpkins. What's your favorite? How'd that turn out, Sean? Wow, I'm looking at this. It's changed over the last hour or so. Really? Yeah. We had a sea change. I think Chicago was leading, and then the Smashing Pumpkins came on late, man. Did they really? Yeah, the younger younger, uh, audience. Yeah, younger end of the uh, Uh audience. The Pumpkins are big. You know, they made uh, made a lot of great music. I mean, you know, they're still at it. I'll have to check it out. So, well, Chicago's still at 41%. it, too. 41%. Yeah. 41%. 41%. Yeah, Chicago was neck and neck. Chicago originally early on in the voting had about a 2% lead. In with Let me guess. Survivors hours. last? Yeah. Yeah. 3%. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That's okay. We still love Jim Peterick. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And the other one was a Bears poll. Basically, on uh, who, after watching the success of uh, Justin Fields in his first game yesterday, who looks better this morning? Nagy, Pace, Fields, or the combination of McCaskey and Phillips? We just threw them in there for the hell of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. How'd that one turn out? This is a really good question you put together, Zan. Yeah? Yeah, because I, I wouldn't have gone Justin Fields because I would have said he already looked good to me. Okay. So there's no way for him to look better. Right. Okay. Right. right. And I might have answered McCaskey and Phillips by keeping these guys around and giving them another opportunity to draft the quarterback. Well, right. If you look I at it that have. way, they're keeping them around and letting them make the decision. Yeah, but voters went with Justin Fields, 81%. Did they but really? I, I totally get the way 
you constructed this and how somebody could answer it for all could actually give an answer for all of these. Right, right. And it's interesting because I look, we expected or we hoped that he would show something good, right? And he did. And it's about him performing. So in that case, it is about him. But then again, it's like, okay, pace drafted, yet McCaskey and Phillips kept pace around. So, yeah. Interesting how that turned out. Justin Fields. What percentage? 81. 81. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's. Okay, so what's last? What's pulling up? That's 81 bottom? out of every Maggie? 100. McCaskey and Phillips. Okay. That's last, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, Ryan Pace is known for trading his picks and moving up. It worked this time. Okay, it didn't work with Mitchell Trubisky. It worked this time so far. Not as far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know, it worked. Um, Yeah, we'll see how all these young quarterbacks go. It worked when Trubisky played his first preseason game. Some people did. Yeah, (laughs) we. we, Most people who said, "Listen, if if he's a a good quarterback, he should have been a guy that some of us heard of." You know, and he should have been able to start a college. Yeah, he should have been a guy that was able to start a college and beat other people out. Um, What Justin Fields did was he wasn't starting at Georgia. He said, "Well, forget you. I'm going to Ohio State." And then he did what he did at Ohio State and showed everybody that he is a quarterback that can be as you know so good. And uh, I'm looking forward to what he can do. I, I also looking. For, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but the the second preseason game next um, Saturday, a noon kickoff against Buffalo at Soldier Field, and I'm sure that the people that did not go to the first preseason game that said, "Ah, preseason, I don't go," they may say, "You know what? I'm not giving my ticket away for the next one. Let me go see how Justin Fields looks. Let me see in person before I have to go to the first home game, which is the." Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I think. Well, I, yeah. I will. I will say this: I, I'm never usually excited about preseason, and and it was a, le- a little bit of oomph, yeah, in it for me yesterday, right? To see Justin, we knew, you know, the uh, uh, the red rifle comes in. We know he's going to start. Then it's like, okay, when is he coming? Well, here's when is a, he coming. Here's the then thing. All of a sudden, bam, there it is. And then it was good. It was good to see. So I think this preseason has a little more weight than it usually does. And I, I doubt everyone would answer this question correct, not correctly, but honestly. Mm-hmm. But when you were watching the game yesterday, the first half of the game and their first five possessions were three and out, two with Andy Dalton and three with Justin Fields. Did you just say this offense is never going to make it? Is something's got to change? Nagy and Pace got to go, or did you just say, "Well, it's it's Earth early. We're still going to watch." Actually, actually, I was a ladder. I did yeah. not. I did not get sucked in to that. Okay, and and it, I'm not sure why. I had every reason to. I got to the car after leaving here at noon, yeah. and I already heard Jeff Joniak say. Well, here's the Bears getting the ball for the second possession. I'm going, second possession? I go, it's like 12-10. How could it be the second possession already? And it's because they went three and out, and then they stopped Miami, and they got the ball, and it's their second possession. I go, holy cow, how much could I have missed? It wasn't that long to walk over to my car. So we got White Sox baseball coming up. Enough of us. Um, we'll be back next week. We've got uh, the White Sox are playing Tampa uh, next weekend, so both of our shows are a little bit shorter next week, mm-hmm. but um, that's going to be a tough series. Let's see how they do today against the Yankees. One at a time, Fred. One the, at a time. Okay. Yeah, one game at a time, I guess. That's how you go. Well, so we'll see what they do today. Uh, Lucas Giolito against the um, the Yankees and the Oakland A's come in. Thanks a lot for listening. Fred and Xander, we'll be back again next Sunday. Thanks, Thanks to Sean. Sean Davis for all of his help. Don't go anywhere. It's White Sox baseball coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.